Which minerals should I buy? Which vitamin supplements are important? Those are great questions, and we'll talk today about the vitamin component on Diving Into Diets. I'm Brad White. Happy to have Philip Lancaster with me this morning. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Brad. So we, we've got a, we've had some discussions in the past relative to minerals and difference in supplementation. We didn't address vitamins, and that's also an important component of the process as you think about what type of supplements might we need. And I want to focus our discussion today so that we don't talk about every vitamin. Let's do A, D, and E. So we want to talk a little bit about what are those vitamins important for? What might we need them for? And do we need to supplement those? So we'll, we'll talk about each individually, but I'm going to go out of order because you know I like to do that. And we're going to start with vitamin D. So tell us a little bit about vitamin D. Is it important? Where does it come from? Do I need to supplement it? Vitamin D is the, the easy one. Vitamin D is important. Um, it's very important for regulating calcium metabolism in the animal for calcium mobilization from the bone and absorption from the diet. And so, yes, it, it is a requirement of the animal, but it's not generally a dietary requirement. So the, an animal exposed to UV sunlight has the ability to produce vitamin D from cholesterol in their skin. And so as long as cattle are outside and have good exposure to UV light, in general, they're going to have adequate vitamin D. Okay, what about cattle in confined facilities? So either dairy cattle or there are some confined feeding facilities mm -hmm. for beef cattle. Do we have to supplement in those situations? Yes, probably so. Um, much more likely of having a vitamin D deficiency in those situations. And, you know, I haven't seen any data in cattle, but they talk about it in people that live in northern latitudes they don't get as much sunlight and you know as we do in southern latitudes and so vitamin d in the diet is more important in those northern latitudes now if that may be the same case in cattle i don't have any information on that but it does kind of make sense yeah so so for the most part vitamin d is not something when i'm reading my mineral vitamin tag it's not something i should worry about one way or the other not a whole lot no it's usually in there because lots of times we add a vitamin A, D, and E supplement to the mineral. So it's usually in there, um, but it is a relatively low requirement in, from a dietary perspective. Okay. So let's talk about vitamin A and where does the animal get vitamin A naturally? So vitamin A is a different story. Um, the animal cannot synthesize vitamin A in any form. Um, vitamin A is important for lots of different functions in the body, site, uh, epithelial, de cell development, reproduction, um, lots of different things. And so the animal has to get that from the diet. It's also not one that is synthesized by the microbes in the rumen. Um, and so it has to be in the diet. And generally, cattle are going to get that from the forage component of the diet. Forages have a high, much higher concentration of vitamin A than uh, cereal grains or, or oil seeds or the byproducts from those feedstuffs. And so forage is the main thing. Forage species differ. Some will have higher vitamin A concentrations than others. But the big thing is the maturity of the forage and how it is preserved and stored. So fresh forage has a much larger 
or much greater concentration of vitamin A. So that early spring, summer forage has very high vitamin A concentrations. Um, vitamin A will start to decrease in concentration as the plant matures because the plant becomes less leaf and more stem. Um, and so vitamin A decreases. Um, but then also, even if we cut that early spring forage for hay, the hay will have lower vitamin A because sun curing of the hay destroys some of the vitamin A or the beta carotene essentially in that forage. It continues to deteriorate over time through storage of that hay. So, you know. So if I cut it last spring and I'm feeding it at the end of the winter, it's not going to have as much vitamin A. No, it's going to it's going to decrease. So some here's some numbers to give you a perspective um, that I looked up. So this is was orchard grass hay. They cut the hay through the the summer. They tested it again in October. In October, it was about 900 international units per kilogram of dry matter. The following February, it dropped to 850. But then the following September, so a year old hay, it it cut it in half. It was down to 500 international units. So it dropped by about 50% um, over a year's time. So that's we always say that if you're feeding year-old hay, you're probably going to be low in vitamin A, and you're going to need definitely need the supplement. Okay, so it dropped to 500 international units per kilogram, but how much does a cow need? So um, depends on the class of cattle. So cattle or cows, uh, lactating cows, have the highest requirement at around, well, I'd have to do some math, so around 4,000 international units per kilogram of diet. Um, another way to look at it is 84 international units per kilogram of body weight. So trying to do that math in my head real quick. I think that's somewhere around 30 to 40,000 international units per day. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty close, Philip, 40, 46,000. I did the math in my head uh, using pounds and came up with about 110,000. So, <laughs> so you're much better. That's my, that was a lot so bigger. we'll stay, we got to stay metric. But, but so she's going to need uh, 40,000 or so for an adult cow. And, and mm -hmm. I was doing that math just so, to kind of think through that reduction in the hay becomes pretty important at that point. Yeah. So just, so just to think about that, if she needs 4,000 international units per kilogram of diet, and the hay the following spring only has 800. She's going to be short by a long, a large amount that following spring as she's getting into calving and going into reproduction. So, um, so this is a critical seems, period for to make sure we have vitamin A adequate in the diet. So this seems like we would see hypovitamin A or low vitamin A signs, symptoms in a lot of herds because we're feeding that hay that's left over from, from last year. We may be providing a little supplement, but maybe not at those levels. But I don't recall when I was in practice that I ever saw a clinical case of this. Is there somewhere else they're getting it? Is they, do they have so, some other source besides what we're providing? So they can store vitamin A in the liver for a period of time. So some numbers that I looked up, Mature cows, anywhere from four to six months of vitamin A storage in the liver. And so that then tempers a little bit of the low intake. Then most of our vitamin A, or most of our mineral supplements contain vitamin A, as we mentioned earlier. So just for that purpose, you know, I, I want to make sure that is a critical time of year that I want to make sure I do have 
vitamin A in my mineral supplement going through winter and early spring and before that green grass hits and then that cow is then that cow's good to go for probably most of the summer because that's when we're coming up on breeding Yes. Right? That's right when we're coming up on breeding, but and that's probably why, and, and there's different levels of deficiency. So I mentioned, I don't remember seeing a lot of times where we just had low vitamin A causing clinical signs or problems. You mentioned good for the eyes, but one of the p- things that they talk about, if you have severe vitamin A deficiency, it could be a form of blindness. I don't know that I've ever seen that. However, if you had enough vitamin A to get by, you still might not have enough to breed because reproduction is kind of a luxury. So if you don't have enough there, it may hamper your breeding rate a little bit. And what you're saying is that would be, you're going to be breeding about the time when we've been the farthest amount of time from green grass. And, and you may have depleted some of those liver stores. Your hay has lower levels. So being sure that your mineral at that point contains enough supplement and you got enough intake of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, the yes. other part on the mineral that we talked about last time is it's not just about what's in the bag. It's a, it's really about what gets into the cow. Yeah. You've got to make sure consumption is adequate. And you, the great thing is lots of times during that period of the production cycle, I'm feeding some other supplement, you know, a hand fed energy protein supplement. And so I want to just have that mineral added and vitamins added right into that. So I know the cows are consuming what they need to be consuming. And I'm not just hoping or guessing that cows are, are going to the mineral tub like they're supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to make sure that they're getting there. So your, your plan is, so, so would you decrease your vitamin A feeding in the summer or do you just leave it in? Is there a problem with too much vitamin A? It has to be a lot. Yes, it can be toxic. You can have a, a two toxic levels. You can get very high levels in the liver. But you have to have a lot to, to get to that point. So I would say from a cost perspective, if I can get a mineral less expensive without it without vitamin A in there to feed through the summer, I'm probably good to go. But I'm not worried about feeding a mineral with vitamin A in it through the summer um, and having toxicity so issues. It's not going to be harmful, Mm-mm. and excess is going to get stored in the liver, which we just talked about not a bad thing. No. Right? No. So I probably want a little excess as they go through the summer so that I can have some storage to get through the winter. Mm-hmm. What, what about vitamin E? So vitamin E, again, um, a fat-soluble vitamin not synthesized by the microbes in the rumen or by the animal. The role of vitamin E is basically as an antioxidant, and so it's very important in immune function. It's very important in reproduction um, as those new cells in the fetus are developing. And so it, from a dietary perspective, though, it's a lot like vitamin E. The main source is green forage. Um, and so we wanted to pay attention to that just like we did with vitamin A, in that those cows are getting a good green forage as much as possible. A little bit different than vitamin A, though legumes have a higher level of vitamin E than, than grasses do. Um, and then again, but similar to vitamin A, grains and grain byproducts have very low contents of vitamin E, unless they have a lot of oil in them, which is the vitamin E will be part of that oil component. Okay. And we talked about with vitamin a some potential consequences if we get really low levels what about vitamin e so vitamin e is an interesting case in that it interacts with selenium and so a vitamin e deficiency in the diet 
can be kind of masked by having adequate selenium in the diet um, because those two can kind of compensate for the functions of the antioxidant functions of either one. And so we may not see a deficiency very very easily if the diet is a little low in vitamin E as long as we have adequate selenium. But the, the main thing we should we'd see that the clinical signs of vitamin E deficiency is white muscle disease in newborn calves. That happens because vitamin E does not cross the placenta. And so the first, the, the major source of that calf first time is colostrum. And so if the cow is low in vitamin E, then that fetus is definitely going to be low in vitamin E. And that's where you have white muscle issues showing up in newborn calves. So it is... It has to be in the cow because it's not gonna, we're not going to be able to get it to cross the placenta. Not not very high rates. Okay. So then is there anything that we can do besides, so you've talked about the other vitamins A and D being in our mineral supplement. Do we do the same with E or, or are there other methods? Um, no, usually vitamin E is included in the mineral supplement as well. Again, kind of like vitamin A, we might be able to get by without it in that summer period. Um, vitamin E does have some storage component uh, or storage in the liver as well, or and particularly in fatty tissue um, because of just the, the way the compound is aliphatic. Aliphatic is the term that means it's, it likes to be part of lipid. It's, it's lipophilic. It, it is attracted to lipid or fatty tissues, and so it will be stored in those fat deposits. But there's... No data that I'm aware of that tells me how long vitamin E storage is available in tissues of the animal where they could be deficient in the diet but still be adequate in their metabolism and function. Um, there are some really... The challenge with that one is different than when you talked about vitamin A stored in the liver and then e even if you're thin, you'd have stores in the liver. Vitamin E stored in the fat if I have thin cattle, they have less fat, which is less place to store stuff. So we don't know how long it would be, but but there would certainly be some concerns with that in thinner cattle because you don't have a place to put it. Yeah, there there definitely could be. That's a that's good logic, but I'm not saying that we don't want to supplement vitamin E just because we don't know how long it's stored doesn't mean that we don't want to do it. But we we want to we don't necessarily have to supplement a lot of vitamin E during different periods of the year. Probably the critical period is, again, uh, late gestation, moving into calving, um, and then probably through the breeding season, depending on, especially if you're breeding before you really get to green grass. So with all three of these, vitamin A, D, and E, all of them can cause potential problems. D is the one we're, we're less worried about. In most scenarios, you've got sunlight, we're going we're gonna to be good. Mm -hmm. A and E... Both could cause issues, but the severe issues we don't see very frequently. However, what we're concerned about is suboptimal performance, especially reproductive performance, or with other issues with the antioxidant properties of E, maybe not doing as well as, as we would like. So we're providing, and, and you're saying for each, providing the supplement in the mineral, knowing that at different times a year, we may want that to be a little bit higher than others, because of the degradation in the hay, the degradation of the body stores, basically over the winter. Mm -hmm. yeah, especially in the cows. Now, there are some benefits to vitamin A and vitamin E in the calf during stressful periods. So think around weaning time. So 
the calf supplementation and getting those calves to eat some consume some mineral during late summer if i'm a spring calving herd could be beneficial because the calves have a lower storage time of vitamin a vitamin e we don't really know um, but we know that in some research with newly arrived feedlot cattle vitamin e supplementation does have some some benefits um, so that stress period, those vitamin requirements uh, can be a little higher and supplementation can be helpful. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing this information with us today, Philip, and I think good thoughts on when and where we might think about supplementing those, those calves and cows. Thank yep. you. Thank you, Brad.